Sean, I'm sitting here with Andrew. Hello, sir. Blood of my blood. <laughs> we have returned to talk about the sixth episode of the sixth yeah, season. Are we really blazing through this? Yeah, I know it. Someone's done. Four left. Yeah, we should kind of stop recording three episodes at a time. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is another one. That I like the name of this because it's another one that's got a lot of meanings to blood of this my blood. A, this felt like the most. If I felt weird, this is the episode on first watching. I think it's because the ending's kind of redundant. Like, it was like the very end with Daenerys. I was like, uh, okay. But then thinking about the episode and listening to other podcasts and looking at the recap, like, wait a second, there's a lot of cool stuff in this. And when you watch a little bit of it again, you're like, no, I like this episode. This felt, movie, this one is really giving us everything we've been asking for this yeah. year. It just ends on a just kind of a bleh note. And so, because they've all been ending with a yes. And this is the first one. I'm like, okay. She did that two episodes ago. Well, she, you wanted you wanted to see her ride in the dragon. Well, but that was like a Ramsey end. That's like a Ramsey scene, though. Again, I was like, I don't need another scene with him being a jackass. I don't need another scene with her giving a speech. And a, like we've seen all those parts of that scene. Her, I mean, I guess you know what I mean. I don't know. And I just think it's kind of it, we're just skipping to the end right now. I just think it was kind of a weird. She's like, hold on a second, I'm gonna go around the corner real quick. <laughs> you're like, what? And it's just it's just very unclimatic, anticlimactic. You know, you're like, yeah. Okay. Well, just because we see that coming, I like the idea that they keep saying it's all coming together now. Like every every episode is like it's all coming together. Like yeah. Drogon has shown up; she's on the dragon. They're on board. Like she has solidified them. But and making them all her blood riders is like the big. I mean, that's the, the obvious. They have to, They, have, they can't the, leave her. Yeah, they have to follow her. Because even if they, because in that the deal, even if she gets like, because even weren't called Drogos even when he got hurt, they kind of stayed with him, or most of them did. The blood they're rider. To, like, they're or, your lieutenants, you know. They're supposed to. If you die, they're supposed to die. So that even if you get injured, they have to stay with you. Supposedly, I thought that was the deal. So, and she's doing the same thing with them that she did with the Unsullied. Is like, let's break down that that convention and let's just say everyone is now equal. And she did the same speech that Drogo did in season one. You know, after they tried to kill her, but he, she left out the rape parts. You know, he's like, we will rape their women. Yeah, <laughs> like, I uh... edited the copy slightly. <laughs> yeah. I modified it. I have, I'm easing them into that. They don't know that that's, that that's no longer on the table. So I'm just leaving that out of the speeches. And at some point, I'm going to have to go over the ground rules before we tear down all the stone houses of Westeros. There's now this talk that there's some weird theory that she could be turning crazy or something. A little power hungry. Like, I don't know. I well, don't that's... Really, I don't... The question is, what I find interesting is, is what is going to happen when she goes back to Marine? First of all, and finds out that all the ships are gone. Yeah, because that flip. happened after Davos and uh, what's his name? What's that dude? Dario. Yeah, so after she doesn't they know left. That. Yeah, Davos. They know that. No, I'm saying all the names. Mormont and and Dario, when they left, so nobody knows that she thinks I'm going to need some more ships, but she doesn't realize how many more ships that she'll need, nor does Tyrion have any idea that she's coming back to Marine with just a, an army of Dothraki with a right. plan to go across the ocean? Where you see how what's funny is it, it, you see how restless those guys get when they're just left behind for like a minute. Like, yeah. if we don't have a forward momentum strategy, we're we're gonna lose these guys. Not necessarily to deserting, but they may just break down. <laughs> like yeah. start fidgeting and fighting each other. Yeah, because they do do that. They start killing each other and 
raping yes. each other and stuff. So you can't just park these guys outside the city until we come up with a plan. They'll lose all sense of themselves. So it's interesting to see. And what is her plan? Like, when they get back, you know, I've given the other cities, like, seven years to abolish slavery. It's like, we're not going to stay here for seven years. Which the obvious would be, let me take my army across the ocean and you keep ruling Marine in my name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's what's weird about that storyline. If we end another year, the, the disappointing thing about that storyline, that could be the disappointment of this year. Because poor Danny, she's just been over there the entire time. And, nothing, and every season ends with her falling out of power or gaining some city or something. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, my goodness. So it feels like is, is, we only have four left. Is she just going to go back and... T- I, if this year doesn't end with them stepping on boats and heading over... Uh, that's the idea that Yara and Theon. Surely right? it that's, will. that's what like Yara and Theon might team up with them. Well, yeah, that's the next step. Like somebody is going to get a navy to to Daenerys and strike a deal because that's yes. the next and, and that's the next good place to take the story because <laughs> well, then like you have how, these disparate elements coming together. And the in the true <laughs> true Game of Thrones fashion, like last year when uh, Stannis and uh, Davos were encamped and. <laughs> Ramsey said, oh, well, don't worry about it. He's like, I, I just need about 30 men. And then the report Stannis is like, in the night, at least about 30 men came. <laughs> like, you know, whatever they said. And it's like in this, he's like, what is the, what's the uh, uncle's name? He's she's... like, I need a thousand ships. And she's like, we're going to need about a thousand ships. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the convenient math of Westeros is really working out. Maybe everything is fated to happen. But I think well, that's fun. I mean, I think that's a good setup because now we see, and she's got the dragon. And to me, that what makes the story interesting, interesting is what is Tyrion going to do with those other two dragons? That, to me, is the story. Because we assumed, like, Drogon has already come to her rescue once before. We kind of figured he'd be back. Oh, those dragons might be a little like, you know, babysitting a dog and the owner comes home and they, the owner, the dog wants to stay with you, that kind of thing. Because yeah, Tyrion's going to let like them to out of the chains. And she's yeah, the one he's the one who's reasoning on. with them and respecting so. them. I, I'm really curious. I, I feel a little bad that they haven't explored that since he did that. Because that's what I'd rather see than him talking to slavers and making negotiations with them. Well, hopefully that's just a seed that they're planting. I think so. I mean, I, they clearly... They got a plan moving forward, and I, I'm excited. I feel like I'm on board. Like, well, these guys are going someplace. They even have like these Lord of the Rings scenes now. If this is the season that that breaks all Game of Thrones records for just yeah. last minute rescues. It's like there used to be none, and now we've had like five. Well, now- that's why. Well, that's what somebody I listened to another podcast that Peter Segal podcast or. Um, uh, Game of Thrones, and they were talking. He, he was saying how the scene, the scenes where somebody gets rescued at the last minute. Was it what happened? Which what, what was it this time? And this one is when Benjamin shows up. That's yeah, yeah. one of the big ones. Because he's like, yeah, again, another person gets rescued last minute, and then he, I agree with that this year. But he's like, when has it ever happened on the show that this doesn't? I was like, that's what it all used to be. Ned, nobody came to rescue him. That's all. Yeah, you thought that's was what makes happen. it fun. This the year. Red Wedding. You thought somebody's coming, and now this year you get Brienne. You get you know all these people coming in. Or just back to the first time it happened was when when Ned got decapitated. Everyone was like, "Oh, this isn't that kind of world," and it yeah. wasn't for years. I mean, that's what makes this such a fun season. It's like, well, now things are coming together. And and as you, and I was thinking about this earlier today, it's the more Starks come together, the more things get right with the world. Right. Because now. Yeah, it's awesome that Benjamin came and rescued him, but he's a Stark. He's another yeah. member of the family. More Starks are now finding each other, and as they do, it's like the forces of good in the universe strengthen every time Starks well, yeah, unite. They, they, are, they are just cast to the wind at the beginning, not for any particular re- for innocent reasons at first. But yeah, then, just then the world went to, outside their control. Yeah, the world went to hell while they were away from each other. Then they could they haven't been able to get back to each other, so. So it's exciting to see this, like, all these things that we haven't really seen in the, the previous seasons where you do see these these last-minute rescues, like Brienne shows up somewhere and helps Sansa make it back to Jon, and now they're together. And Benjamin's been working for the Three-Eyed Raven, and he's got like some kind of crazy magic fireballs that he kills the White Walkers with. And now he's training Bran to take over for the Three-Eyed Raven. It's like there's serious stuff going on on the Stark front. 
right. even Arya is finding this. This episode is where she's finally made that decision that we were wondering. Yeah, we, we said last week that that would happen, and it totally did. We're like, yes, because I said well, she's got that sword still. And she immediately. Oh, and then they, yeah, then you knew like, oh, she's going back for needles, so that's it. Which is so great because, I mean, they they really play up that fact, and again, it's it feels bad because I mean they make her look not like just she's weak because she literally did go poison the lady, and then they have to have another conversation where that lady has to be the nicest person in the world to her, you know, like she has to she's like an older Arya, she's like yeah, I ran off and started pretending to be other people. You'd be good at pretending to be other people, and it's like this. She's being so down to earth with you. You're like, oh, jeez, <laughs> lady. <laughs> what I love is that the, the turnaround of the fact that the the performance that's making Arya fall in love with her is how she portrays Cersei. Yeah. You know, and like she's kind of weirdly, indirectly seeing the humanity of Cersei in this too. Like the that, evil one's her sister. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Yeah, that that, that turnaround. Right. We're actually laughing. sitting back and trying to figure out what her emotional reaction to the death of Joffrey would be up until this point. I just assumed, you know, it was satisfactory on all fronts because I wanted him dead and he was a bad person. Yeah. And so it's a lot of interesting emotional complexity. That's a that's such a great scene and that's like actually a I mean it's to actors, but it's also like to crappy writers too. It's like yeah, that's like a <laughs> melodrama. I've been catching up on that Arrow show, and it's just, I just do it because I'm like, I'm bored while I'm eating or something. <laughs> like, I want to watch it because it's crap. Because I it's enjoy just, Arrow, but no, it, I, it is a melodrama, I, yeah. No, it's like I they enjoy do say the, all the, the cliche things. It's goofy, but it's just like, it's textbook melodrama. Because you can't have one thing happen on the show without that person feeling bad for it. And then he's like, ask the other person. Like, don't blame yourself. And then they say, <laughs> but you lied to me that one time. And then they did like, they, they in manufacture, like, just. Like you know, dissent between each other on a weekly basis, and then it resolves every week. You're like, good lord, people! Yeah, because they're arbitrary. It's like oh, that was easy to resolve because it didn't have to happen at all. I thought we were brothers. And at the end of the episode, you're my brother. He's not my brother anymore. You know, it's just like whatever, guys. <laughs> Why are we hanging out with our arch nemesis all the time? They do one thing. Isn't that weird? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I wish they would kill Malcolm Merlin on Arrow. That's the only thing I can't stand. It's yeah, like why we, do you, we've all just forgotten, and it's not like he's reformed. He keeps doing terrible stuff, and we yeah, just don't do show, anything about that it. That whole show's gone full. It's just like Doctor Who. That's why you watch it. It's just fun. Yeah, it's fun because they have a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm excited because now that Supergirl is going to the CW next year, they're they're supposed to be starting next season with like a massive superhero crossover mashup event. They have to bring her into this universe, though. She's, like, in a different dimension. Well, I wonder how the... Yeah, I don't know if they... Well, well the I mean, if they decide to do a sort of... Flash, or a yeah. crisis kind of thing where they, they merge these multiverse... Well, yeah, well, we should, yeah, maybe so. Maybe they just reset Arrow. This is talking about this now. But maybe... Because what yeah. happened in Flash, all that stuff happened. He changed everything. So maybe he'll just go back in a world where Arrow's different now. And Supergirl's in it, too. You know, like, okay, I tell you, this is what fine. they need to do is they need to sort of converge these <laughs> multiverse kind of worlds, and they need to just bite the bullet and pull Superman into it. Because Superman exists in the Supergirl universe. Instead of yeah, just showing a, a boot <laughs> and saying, that's Superman on that slab, just go ahead and... Superman works better in TV. We need to have a whole... Like, I gotta Batman stop this Super, before yeah, we... Stop making movies. <laughs> but uh, Superman... If you look at the history of the, the character, he has always worked better in TV than movies because TV just manages it as a story and doesn't worry about big, high-budget fight scenes because it can't afford to do that stuff anyway. If you think about it, they got to make more money off of a TV episode. You know what I mean? Because, like, what do those episodes cost? Like, five yeah, million to make cost or something? Yeah, cost to profit, yeah. Right, and they're probably making, like, 20 million off each of those episodes. There's, like, 23 of them in a season. <laughs> that's, got- like, you know, that's... Stop trying to make the movies. If you go back to Lois and Clark or the old adventures of Superman, the George Reeves, they're just they're solving mysteries because yeah. that's what you do in TV shows. So Superman's actually kind of smart because he's mostly just being Clark Kent, solving mysteries and stuff. And only sometimes does he pop up in the costume and do some kind of flying thing. But he just comes off as a big dope in the movies because they just want to find something big for him to hit. He's actually yeah. a much better television character. All of those are, and all the DCs are. So, they would be, yeah. But I mean, some 
are really fun to see in movies, and so would Superman be. I don't mean don't make Superman movies, but don't withhold him from TV because you're making movies. Just go for it. Just let's have a TV version of Superman and a movie version, and that way we can get the, you know, both. And then you get the fun crossover where don't, by all means, don't taint your movie. Awesome, cool movie world with TV people, but have like a weird looking into a wormhole and you see Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, you know, what is it? Who are these people? You know, exactly. it's like, that'd be, that would be like a fun coming out Justice League this September. <laughs> it's like, that would be fun. That, that, Warner is afraid that that overlap is going to somehow lose them credibility. It's like, you guys are missing the point. You already and, lost credibility. And your movies, a, well, yeah, and your mm-hmm. movies aren't any more realistic anyway. For having, yeah. f- for the absence of that. So you should just take this stuff and run with it and have fun. I I say just bring Superman into uh, the Supergirl and CW universe and, and see if you can get Tom Welling back. <laughs> He'd make it good. Now yeah, he's, he's old good. enough. He and, doesn't do anything, really. Yeah, I think he's got like a movie out, but... But, you know. Yeah. Anyways, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one yeah, actually... I may have to I, chop that part out of something <laughs> different. I knew. I brought it up because I started to have that's a lesson in writing with that Arya scene. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I like how she did My favorite part of that scene, too, is she, like, knocks the thing over and she says, you need to watch out for that one. <laughs> yeah, like, and walks off. Good. Like, you yeah. sort this out yourself. <laughs> and, of course, that lady's, that girl, the waif is there, and then I guess she, Yagen told her to kill her or said she could kill her well that's interesting because we were saying you know like you were suggesting maybe he is training her and he knows that she's not going to and maybe that's still true but he maybe seems that's... to be a little bit more resigned to oh well the fact then, that he commented on that at the end but he could be acting for her he well might this say, is well, a final trial too yeah that girl may want to kill her but this is sort of the next step is you not necessarily killing this other girl because who cares but you know now you actually have to defend that because you already know you put your life in jeopardy by not fulfilling this contract, but now she's going to come at you, and you're actually going to have to physically defend yourself. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. So I like that. that though. We at least don't have to waste any more time with the house and dying. That turned out to be wholly disappointing for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As much as we were like, remember? Do you remember in season three and four? We we're like, what if she goes to Bravos? That'd How be so awesome amazing. would that be? The undying, the faceless <laughs> man and stuff. Holy crap! And they're like, uh, well. There's the some book, neat ideas. The book people have kind of lied to us at every step. We've yeah, because they said that was cool. A lot more interesting stuff. And there's been interesting stuff, but not anything. Like, like I don't know. Because so far in the book, Dorne isn't interesting either. So I don't know if it gets more interesting in the next book. I'll have to see. But I think you guys I have am, just been telling what the stories. Am, what I am impressed about the book is that six, at series, six uh, seasons into this, and you can actually... There's still these obscure characters that are popping up that were big deals in the book. Like, oh, Cold Hands. Cold Hands, he's this thing. And I was like, what? Benjen. Now he's the bad guy. He's different in the books, I guess, because it's not Benjen. But him popping up was a fun thing. It's fun. And he pops up and he's like Aragorn. I love how this... Yeah. We want this to be the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like when they're running from the... It's got a like, fiery morning star or whatever. And he's... Like everything <laughs> buys them like two seconds of time. That's one of the things I really enjoyed the, about the movies, the Lord of the Rings, that the books are more realistic but the movie makes everything look like forward motion oh that's like, why so I love we're always he two off. seconds about ahead of the guys who are chasing us yeah I don't think since maybe now that I think of it the Red Wedding did that where they immediately started where it left off right because mm-hmm. you see like you see Bruce Bolton up on the ramparts like minutes after it happened or whatever yeah, and, um, sifting but this starts way. off you know minutes 10-15 minutes after they're still running because you're like, what's going to happen? They're just, I'm sure they're going to chase after him. And then you're like, what's happening with Bran, too? Because he's still, and the flashbacks we get are awesome at this part. Well, yeah, now, see yeah, Ares, we get we actually get this, yeah, the, the whole thing. Oh. Which sort of alludes to, I would think, what what's going to happen with the final confrontation with the White Walkers. Because if, they, my prediction is this, now, that, and we were talking about this, I think, in the last episode, too. But this whole story has to to culminate into the conflict of Westeros happening at King's Landing that the doorstep of that city and then the White Walker legions actually tear all the way through to the point where they all it all happens in King's Landing and they all have to team up together against this just massive horde of White Walkers yeah and 
no one's saying, you know, what's going on with this because they stopped making the dragon's fire. But, you know, Tyrion had them making, like, massive amounts of Greek fire, basically. Well, they had it already <clears throat> from then, though, I think. Or, but no, he had them producing more Cer of it. Yeah, yeah. So you would think that that sort of tease to what That's a little, what a little happened is, is sort of a, a call forward. When he's right. like, burn them all. I was like, well, that's kind of good advice. We see, Yeah, we see some neat stuff. Yeah, because you don't know if, like, that's Bran saying that, you know, that's some weird Hodor situation, too. Like, because um, that goes back to the thing people think that maybe Bran drove him mad because of that. You know, I don't know. Like, there's oh weird time things. Like, because if he drew, you know, if he made Hodor have a stroke and all that stuff happen. That, and so, you know, the actor that played Hodor, I mean, who knows, who knows this. But he confirmed something that I like. Because people were saying that at the end of that last episode, Hodor, like... Bran warged into Hodor, and Hodor was just kind of mindless. But I thought he just kind of woke him up. And then when he's holding the door at the end, that's not Bran and him doing that. That's just Hodor doing that. And that's yeah. what they said. So I was like, that's at the yeah, end, that's you would the think, touch yeah, if yeah. you watch him, yeah, that that makes it worthwhile. Because he kind of comes because up he's not just like, oh, a mind you. slave yeah. to them. He wants he wants to fulfill that destiny. Right. But I like it. We also see and we see Jamie stabbing the Mad King in the back. We see Jamie sitting on the throne with the sword in the Mad King. Mm -hmm. or whatever. We see, we see a bloody hand. Where actually says, "Where's my sister?" We see a bloody hand saying, "Promise me" or whatever. Like so, it's the Leon or whatever. So, it's like the, the vision in Force Awakens is like people yeah. are slowing it down on the internet and it's like, let me show you all the little clips that came out of that because it's happened so fast. And this one is just like textbook stuff. We know what they all are, though. So you're like, yes, cool, cool. And they show that shot that they showed a few seasons ago of like the dragon shadow over King's Landing, which is cool. I was like, oh, that's neat. So. Yeah, that would be awesome. So that's so a lot we're of. We're almost there. Really we're about to get the Tower of Joy on. sometime soon. I think we got to get the rest of that flashback soon. I don't know if they'll wait till the last. But and we they keep have showing to get more of it every week. So they got to get the Faith Militant sorted out here. All right, talk about disappointment. This is the one. This is the one. Yeah, setback. this <laughs> is like a character dying that I don't like. I was like, this was like a slap in the face when they're like up on the steps. I mean, it was a fun turnaround because it was unexpected that that. That Marjorie, but you wonder what everyone's game is at this point. It just seemed really sloppy, you know. He's like Marjorie's playing this game with him. I was like, okay, I see this, but I don't care about this because I want. And then Jamie and I, you know, I like Lord Tyrell does a speech and he's all whatever. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then uh, Jamie, like a badass, like gallops up the stairs and all that stuff. And he's like, she's not and going anywhere. They're already just funny. and it's like yes. And it's a fun and reveal because now we realize for sure that the High Sparrow is just in it. For his After own power. Game. After power. Yeah, what? because he worked a better deal, and he just says, okay, we're not going to die for that. Because he keeps saying that he's willing to die, but every time he says it, he has, like, a hundred thugs surrounding him to protect right. him. So now we see for sure who he is, and you wonder what Marjorie's all about. It's like She kind of found a way to turn this all around, where she gets to be queen and get rid of all the people she didn't like. Right. So it's interesting politically, but... Oh, you just I guess they have to stretch this out a little bit longer because like I said my end game is that this this conflict ends up at King's Landing because what you want to see is this whole series even now this whole series is everybody at the King's Landing level just dismissing what happens in the north like White Walkers like in this episode when uh, Samwell goes to see his family and the brother's like they're a myth it's like they're not a myth I killed one ass yeah I loved that because his dad was such a predictable dick. And you're like, oh, okay. And Sam just kind of... And then finally he makes up his like, No, let's leave. We're going. And I'm taking yeah, the sword because it's mine. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> awkward and painful before that. But it was all true to character. And like I like the look of the castle and stuff. And his mom's really nice. And every, you get where that dichotomy comes from. Like how could he yeah, survive? Yeah, how he could become a good person all? with such a and terrible cause father. Because his mom is so wonderful. You know what I mean? And his sister's so nice. She's like, oh, so the dad's kind of a jerk, but he's just also never around. So it's like, well, and you know, that's he's the way probably... it used to be. It's that he would just hang around with the girls, and his dad just got fed up with him because he wasn't a real man. Yeah. But that's what I love. It's like <laughs> Sam just kind of come because that's not just Sam saying, "Well, you know, screw my dad. I'm taking the sword." It really there's a lot more to it than that because. It's like, this is one of the most valuable things in the world right now. Because you guys have this as a show of prestige. 
these houses that still have Valerian steel. But these can kill White Walkers. They're needed. Not just to sit on your damn mantle. Right. So you can brag about hunting deer. It's called Heartsbane or something like that. Heartsbane, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So that that's awesome. He's like, well, and I it's also repurpose this. Well, and it's also too because you think about it. He came to the Night's Watch. His dad kicked him out. He was shocked, and he was forced, and all this stuff. And he still had a thing where you know, this is like, this is like him going back and saying, "You can't fire me. I quit." That's basically what this is. He's like, "I'm done with you now, and I'm not going to worry about you know, I'm not even going to bother anymore." I love to see Sam taking charge because he's sort of like John, where we made these vows and we took these oaths, and now they make us do things that we don't believe are right. And that's where he right. sat there, where his dad is like mad because you tricked me into taking this girl to my home, and now I'm honor bound to be good to her. Not nice, obviously, but treat her well and make sure that she's safe. And I'll do that because I'm a good man. He's like, yeah, whatever. I think we'll just yeah. leave. And I was going to... I'd die before I see you hold that sword. It's like, well, I'm taking it, so there's that. I'm the firstborn son, and you can't decide. I'm not a member of this family, and I'm going to pick my own destiny. So who well, even and knows? he's a night's watchman, too. Nobody can give him orders, either. So so he's going to show up at the Citadel with, like, a girl, a baby, a magic sword, and just Are say, they really do we're that not following like, all that. Is he just going to the Citadel for four episodes, then come back? Or, I mean, or is he going to, like, in the in, in route... I would imagine then. that it's something's going to happen to inter- interrupt him becoming a maester because or things are progressing like too quickly. Thing. You learn a little bit. I know, I know what I need to know about the White Walkers. But they already know. I mean, maybe there's some... Maybe well, you can tell or, who the like, players I mean, are going to be because all the Valerian stor- swords are in play with certain well, people. I know, but John why has one, care? Brienne has one, now Sam has one. And, but that's my and saying, there's another one in King's Landing because there was one that was inf- made for Joffrey. Yeah, Tom has it. Or was he buried with it? We, I wouldn't. They certainly wouldn't bury yeah, him, with it. him with it. So Tom has it then. So wh- Tom must have it. <clears throat> but what information does Sam need to get now? I mean, that's what I don't understand because we kind of we've from like John's <laughs> endeavors, we've learned their weaknesses, and and we kind of know now. It feels like the way to kill the the king at the end is take the thing out of his heart or something. I guess or <laughs> you know, the dragon glass in his heart. So. Well, and that's what you want to wonder. Like, if he finds out that that John is a well, he never even knew John was dead. But if he finds out the events that were happening, it's like things have sort of been escalated. Right. And Megan Megan pointed out that if if Tommen were to die, Marjorie would be the ruler of King's Landing now. Basically, it's true. Undisputed. So you wonder what how <laughs> how safe he is moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that, that but they did uh, the cool thing about that story. We're jumping all over the cool thing about that storyline. They did, um, they did confirm the uh, Cersei's plan, you know, to uh, trial by combat. So now the question: Here's the two big questions. <laughs> is I think the it's going to be resurrected. Is it going to be Hound or is it going to be Loras? Loras would be better dramatically. You're like, oh no, and that makes more sense with the Sparrow, right? To mess with everybody. He's like, here, you can prove your by fighting by wow. trial by combat that'd be yeah. interesting but you wonder Laura seems so broken at this point I know I'm just saying that that would be like oh no and then that's a I don't see the problem is there's that those storylines are all over the place kind of like Danny so I don't know where the path of them I don't see the path clearly where it's going to end well, up, the which is exciting. Entry, you know? I wish they had sorted it out a little bit better than this episode because the problem with this is the larger story is in motion to the point where intrigues like that aren't as interesting. So it's like yeah. you kind of have to sort that out or find a way where the larger story gets injected into this one because the thing with Sam, like we're saying, like Sam taking that sword tells us that there's something more about to happen with Sam and the Citadel thing isn't going to pan out because Sam's about to become more important. He's already killed a White Walker, and now he stole like one of the few weapons in the world that we know can be used to kill them. Right. And so, I wonder if little Sam has anything, because aren't all the other White Walkers just little little Craster's kids? <laughs> right? Aren't they? I but, mean, a lot but, of them are. But they are just because... Uh, just because he gave them to him, though, right? I know, but I mean, but for the past 15 so years, 
They, that, they might just be them, it's, though, right? It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly Crasters at this point. I was like, this is some white trash. Talk about white walkers. <laughs> <laughs> the white trashers. Trash white walkers. Because <laughs> that is some trailer. I mean, that's white trash stuff there. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I like to reimagine Game of Thrones as just, just a redneck epic. That's why it's like people in the pockets like, that baby is pretty cute for an incest movie. <laughs> for for a web toe. Yeah. But I like so, this because now we don't even know if Sam's planning to go to the Citadel because he's basically decided this is... I mean, I don't think he would betray his his word to John, but he's kind of decided that he has a larger obligation to is he? Let me Gilly and that baby that he can't ignore. And this is different because the book had a whole convoluted crazy storyline with that baby that made this less possible because there was like a lot of baby swapping and craziness like that that was completely unnecessary to the story and then and you could tell that because they decided to streamline the story by just cutting it out in the show and it makes it work better right so where is Horn Hill in their relation like in relation to the other kingdoms yeah uh, in the books when Brienne is traveling looking for Sansa she goes through Tyrely's territory and I can't remember I think that was around near the coast but I don't know how far south it was right I can't remember. I was so I wonder like I'm sure there's maps because I mean all it's reference. gonna take all all it's gonna take though is is him just hearing that John got killed and resurrected for him to head back. That's well, one thing that could happen is he could just hear that John got killed. Like word doesn't oh, yeah, travel as swiftly as it could. He could hear word that John Snow was murdered by the other members of the Night's Watch, and decide to go go back down there to see what's going on. That's true. That's true as well. Right, or he could hear that Jon Snow died, resurrected, and was going to battle for Winterfell. <laughs> that may change his feelings. Who knows? It really all depends now. It seems like what Bran has done seems to have precipitated a, 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 an escalation on the part of the White Walkers. So hopefully a lot of these stories will be brought into that just on the fact that White Walkers are going to be proven to be real and proven to be a threat. Mm -hmm. At some point. So I Which don't I would know. like to see. Yeah. So I, I... We're in a weird thing. and It's not... That's kind of feel how this writing was, though, in this episode. It wasn't, like, bad. I just, I just wasn't sure... You know what I mean? It was just a little bit uh, scattered, in a way. Like It's exciting. I think it know. just... It was stronger at the beginning because we get to see more of Sam and more of... Uh, the 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 Benjen reveal is more interesting to me than the dragon reveal, because that's so, like a, something from the for the beginning of the series. Them coming back and going, I am out there, and now I have this this greater purpose, and I'm going to help you. And again, like I said, we get to see Starks being reunited, right. and that's important too. Like you have a hard time saying that some something important's not happening in the story when you see these Starks finally coming together, and it has not happened. Like. They have been scattered, like, more and more. Even when you see two of them together later on, there's something happens that just gets them separated even further or people die. Like, that's not what's happening now. Now, circumstances are conspiring to bring them back together. And if they take Winterfell and they save Rickon, then that's another one. Well, and the cool thing, too, the, the cool, like, colliding that I'm looking forward to now is you have Brienne and Jamie headed for Riverrun, which I want to see their interactions. Or what happens there? You know what I mean? Is that because they're because remember he's they're the link that would kind of put those sides together, right? Like Brienne would stand up for Jamie, and other would possibly and Tyrion and Bran. You know what I mean? Because the Lannisters, you got a thing at the end; they're all fighting together and stuff. So it seems like well, this will give us another opportunity to get Jamie out of King's Landing and appeal to his his better nature. Yeah, he's always way better when he's away from them. Of course, yeah. 
So so that'll that'll be fun to see because because like Jamie going to uh, to uh, River Run was something that was going down in the books, but but they're doing everything in a different order and it's not quite the same. So you don't really know if it's going to have the same resolution. Yeah, so it's really hard to tell. It's weird how far um, Danny and them are from them, though. They're so far. They're about as far as you can be from King's Landing. She is now. So, yeah. Yeah, Vassar Rock is about as far, so... Eh, it'll be interesting. Like, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see... This, this, that's what I was just after coming out of this episode I liked it it was just a mixed bag of like expectations you know I was like I don't know where things are, are now <laughs> I was like okay which is good I guess it's fine I just well they've been moving so so fast this is a regular this one probably episode you know you're like okay cool it's and like interesting a re- stuff happened but yeah right. they, it wasn't like we weren't like if the the rest of the season were an indication it would have been like the beginning of this episode would have been like John and Sansa at Winterfell with an army <laughs> it was like right. yeah in between episodes we went and got this army because we can't spend 10 episodes gathering this army together can we yeah and it feels like next episode might be one of those but they but they didn't show a lot in the next on they showed like Theon and Yara talking in a bar you know down on the like <laughs> And they're probably gonna, you know, do it with Danny. And then you have, it shows Davos and Jon Snow and all them, you know, talking to the people, giving their pitches on Shark Tank or whatever they're doing. But (laughs) (laughs) it would be fun to, I think maybe that trial by combat or something, maybe they're saving that. I don't know. There's gotta be a bigger thing, it feels like. Maybe not. I don't wanna get disappointed. I shouldn't do that. The River Run, the River Run's got a big stuff because they have Blackfish back in those clips too. They have Jamie's army there already. They are accelerating this stuff so fast. Because he, he's not even gone in this episode. And the next episode shows him there. Like with an army. Yeah. You're like, so they're not please. wasting time, yeah. Well, because, like, I, like we've been saying, like they see the goal now. So everything is about getting there. It's not about... It's not about dragging it out. Dragging it out. Get it? Because <laughs> there's dragons. But it was we good. Know, know. It, was, it, was, it was a good episode overall. I mean, it wasn't... The, I think the best parts are the... I like the same part after watching it, and then I like the... I mean, the flashbacks are pretty cool. I was disappointed. I think I, I think I was just overly disappointed in the dang Sparrow thing. I was waiting for that to be cool. I was waiting for somebody well, to get killed, and I was like... The King's Landing thing, yeah, that... That's the stuff you don't want to cut back to because there doesn't seem to be any payoff there. Right. It just wasn't. It was just. It just went against expectations in a way that wasn't. It was interesting. You're like, oh, okay. I kind of wanted him to die, but I guess this is more like you know, because it's like it just sucks for that dude to win. So maybe they really are making us hate him now. You're like, oh, geez, because even that lady Elena, it's like, you know, what do you mean? He's like, he's beat us. What do you think? Whatever. Yeah, get back in. Yeah, he, he seemed halfway competent at the very beginning when he was in his armor and stuff. Yeah. Like, he's better at this part of it. But yeah, so. you can't wait to see the High Sparrow die because he's just too much smug bitch. Tired of that, that smug grin every time. And who knows? I mean, it was Jamie gone. Jamie left, and she's in a vulnerable spot. You know? So she could get defeated and then either get thing or escape, right? And then the Lanners would just be kicked out altogether with Tommen right up there. You know, so I don't... I mean, he could take over King's Landing. He might not die this year. He might last to the end until the White Walkers come and kill him or something, you know? Well, and that might be satisfying. Like, at some point, I think they're, they're keeping King's Landing in, in stasis a bit because, cause like I said, the drama is to see what those people do when White Walkers are at the door because they will not believe. In the book, there was a whole bunch of stuff in the books where they were, like, send, like, a zombie hand that was still moving yeah. in a they jar. Do that and, in like, the... just give this to them so they can see what's going on. They won't believe they did it. Try, they did do that in the show, too, remember? But it was all, like, a skeleton by the time he got there. You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so. no one it, it, it's like even in the north when they've seen them 
they they still haven't like Stannis came to help them with the White Walkers and then turned around and was like now we've got to do this other thing to to secure my position here it's like why isn't anyone making White Walkers the number one priority so it'd be fun to see them cross the wall yeah it is weird how like this in the north that's all they're caring about in the south they don't don't think they exist in the north like they're trying to get houses so they can get Winterfell so they can dig in against the White Walkers I assume right so it's like and then like I the, the big intrigue that's still intriguing me to the end of the season I don't know how much we'll get of it it's just Bran's purpose, because every episode keeps, you know, amping that up more and more and more. And even Vengeance, like, you're important. You are the Three-Eyed Raven now, or whatever, right? Yeah, you're the key to stopping them. And he said, you'll Somehow. be ready, and you'll be there waiting for him. I was like, what is he going to do? So I th- yeah, I, I'm what just is... excited about that. Yeah, because we don't know, because obviously, if the plan is not for him to do as the Three-Eyed Raven, then we don't even know what that power is intended to be for. What he's supposed to be accomplishing with it. So that's exciting because that means there's an element that of something to come that we really have no way of predicting. And why is that knowledge important to show him and stuff? You know, like what is that training? I mean, either it has to do with the time travel thing where he affects things we haven't seen yet, or he needs to know that knowledge for some reason. And I mean, yeah, or like you said, he can actually have an impact. That's the scary part is like is this power and we think it seems not it seems like the power is not for me to develop this ability to actually travel in time changing things because that looks like the pitfall that looks like right. when things go wrong so what am I learning besides just learning what has happened just knowledge like what am I intended to do with that right so that that's fun to think about like because Bran now represents, even though like Daenerys has like like she can't be burnt, she has dragons and all this stuff. Like Bran represents the the mystical element of the show, because that's the thing where they have just gone over the deep end, and you know there's like woodland children, creatures, and zombies, and guys yeah. who live like, in trees, <laughs> old wizards who travel in time. Yeah, because somehow that's like if you think about how we ended the, I mean, yeah, we ended the one season of them doing that and bring him in there, but. Then when Jon Snow died, it's like, can he come back to life? How can he do it? Can she do it, the Red Lady? And now, the, like, if we had seen all this stuff this season, like, yeah, something can happen. Just hocus pocus. Everybody's back yeah. to life. Yeah, dibbity dabbity. I can't believe anyone died. So do you think... I don't think they could do both of these, but who do you think is going to come back? There's going to be another coming back this year. Is it, Slady, is it Stoneheart? Do they think they're going to do that, or is it going to be just Clegane? I would rather be Clegane... At this yeah, I point, think the I, Stoneheart thing to be like, I think regular I can't see watchers where her of the show just like what, <laughs> you know, that's like so. It's like the deep end of fantasy, even though it's in the books and stuff. You're just like, what is going on? Am I going crazy or did Needle grow after she buried it? This sword looks a lot longer now that Arya has taken it back. It used to be kind of like a kitty practice sword, yeah, and now it it's still an sword. looks like a fencing kind of foil, but it's like super long compared to. I don't have to compare this to previous seasons, but I'm pretty sure that you made more of a sword out of needle. Yeah. Like, it's been buried for two years. Who's going to remember? So. It's good. I'm excited. Next week is called A Broken Man. It could be Clegane. It could be somebody else. I don't know. Maybe it's the Blackfish. could refer to him, I guess, too. Or uh, who's the... Who's the one, the cousin who's, well, not the cousin, he's her brother who who was married to the Frey and they have him as uh, a hostage Edmir, now. Edmir, Edmir, yeah. That's right, we got to see him again too, Frey, which is fun. Yeah. Well, that's a plot <laughs> point because that's that's the the negotiating chip that they have with the Blackfish is to try to get him to back down because they have him him as a hostage but yeah. it's not really enough because Blackfish never even liked that guy <laughs> yeah but he would get him back though probably not for not to get well, he wouldn't run. surrender because yeah. they mentioned it a little bit in River Run but it's true River Run can withstand a siege like forever yeah like, most of those castles can actually that's how they're all built they all it wasn't that. like Stannis's <laughs> like where there was there were no resources so if they were surrounded by an army, they just starved out, which is what happened to Stannis years before the story, like the whole thing with where Davos became his 
his guy. Yeah. But I, I, now River I Run has Vagelin more resources. The they start to do that in the second book and other ones where it's like, yeah, when the mountains are causing all that trouble and then there, there's a much more about River Runs and its military and how much it can hold and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And it looks like what they're doing there. with Jamie is similar to what some of the stuff that, like I said, they're doing everything in different order, but it's, yeah, but, but sending Jamie to River Run is very similar to a, an arc that he had in the books. And that was what they were talking about. It's like, if he's holed up in there, you might as well just leave him in there. But he's not coming out. But it shows him talking to him, and then you don't know if Bri- Brienne shows up, and she's like a mediator, you know? I just kind of wonder if, like, Jamie's just going to take his army rogue, because it's his army. It's the Lannisters. It's not the kings, yeah. right? And they would it's follow him. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to follow the High Sparrow or the Boy King. Like so if, I'm kind of interested. Jamie that he's told a... him, "Let's go off and do this." Plus, Jamie's still bound to an oath to to Catelyn. I mean, she made him swear he's never supposed to take up arms against her family at all. Right. So it's interesting to see what they do, with especially that because Brienne he's taking is... an army to River Run. Right. So, I, yeah, I'm just more interested in Jamie outside the castle with his own army because it feels like he's loose now, and he could be a factor in any of these things, too. Hell, he could, he could team up with John and them. Who knows? You know what I mean? We could see like, the self-actualized Jamie. Like, when you're out there and you see something, a, a greater moral imperative, going back to sort of sort out the intrigues going on King's Landing isn't as important because what what's out there affects King's Landing, too. That's what the... This, the Night's Watch has always said, like, we need these resources because we are the watchers on the wall and there's, it's not like there's nothing on the other side. Yeah. And in King's Landing, like, Tywin never cared about, like, whatever. Like, he well, always just schemed with years. them. I mean, it's like legend in that world. It's like, I mean... Yeah, but we built the damn wall for a reason. And like the wild said, sure the wall wasn't built either. because we were here. Yeah. But in a world like that, where they don't have internet <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's just legend at that point. But Which it is I a like weird thing. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it would be like for us if there were like troops on the Great Wall of China. And people would say, we still have to protect against the Mongol hordes. Yeah, you're like, what are you talking like, about? I'm not sure that's relevant anymore. It's like the ghost armies. It's like, yeah, they were here once. Like, I guess... So maybe that's what it's like. It's like, I'm not saying it never happened. I'm just saying I don't think that that's a modern problem. Right. And I guess that's the mentality. Yeah, and that was pretty brutal, them stripping him of the Kingsguard thing and stuff. The uh, mirror Barristan's scene, too, basically. Yeah, exactly, because it was the same argument. Yeah. It's like, I've been serving forever. It's like, well, you're not really qualified anymore. And you lost two kings. So. Yeah. So, never mind. Which is good. He needs to go. <laughs> he needs you to technically go lost three kings. I kind of think... I mean, I don't know how long they'll keep Cersei in the mix because she's so integral. But she's starting to run out of arc. Unless well, she just and that's takes the problem. over. We want to see what happens with the Cersei, you know, while, you know, when the end game comes... But we are having to sit through some some stuff like this, where this was a really interesting storyline up until this episode, and now we're like, well, what are they going to do? Because you've taken it to a point where it, you just reset it back to the to where it started. But don't you? But you could see. I mean, forget that it's Cersei. Pretend it's just another like Marjorie or something. You could see how they could kill her. Like Jamie's gone, and Jamie's been more a part of the world than she has. So like. Well, it would be more interesting what that does to him and his effect in the world than her just surviving to the... You know what I'm saying? That could be interesting, too. I don't know. And she'd be interesting because she's basically decided that she's protected because of the zombie mountain. Yeah, but hubris in the show, man. He can't do that. Well, also, like, nothing guarantees that he serves you for no reason, like, no matter what. I mean, Kyburn made him do that. If Kyburn, for some reason, saw the wind was blowing in a different direction, he could easily say, well, you know, I'll just make the zombie mountain and follow someone else, I guess. Well, that's what's kind of weird. If she leaves, I mean, if Jamie left, I mean, she has Kyburn and the mountain, her only friends, right? Tommen, apparently, her doesn't give a crap either, right? So, I mean, I mean, he gives a crap. He wouldn't kill her, but I'm just saying. But he can clearly be manipulated into anything. Right. 
So, be interested. I'm interested. I'm excited to see when we get to see Walder Frey die. Is that going to happen? Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see him come back. It's like, yeah, someone's got to take him out at this point. Like, maybe oh, they'll bring happen. him into the, the Winterfell struggle and we can see the Freys get wiped out. Yeah, they're going to get wiped out. They're doing. I mean, I feel like the show's still going to end on satisfying notes. The season it has been. I mean, this up. episode's been satisfying too. I'm just excited to see where it's going. I mean, Ramsey for sure is dying this year. Oh yeah, that's, a, that's, that's happening. 100% I'm going to be yeah. The, I will be satisfied by nothing else as an outcome because he's not interesting enough. Because honestly, like I said, like your job here is to manipulate the situation where we're basically removing just the clearly villainous people. And then we're left with the ones who would, under the right circumstances, ally with each other against a common threat. Not for a common ideology, but just against right. a common threat. And that's interesting. Ramsey, we've already proven, he, he's no good for any of that because he should know the threat posed to the North better than anyone. And it, he just doesn't care. So we have to take right. him out because he's not an interesting part of the story beyond this arc. This arc is the arc of what do we have to do to destroy Ramsey? And really, I want to see them take back Winterfell. I want to see too. them back in Winterfell this year. That's the arc for this yeah. year. Yeah, and that's where you see the tides really turning. Yeah, now that that feels like the Sparrow thing has been delayed, and it's not that's not going to be a thing that happens. Because the only footage they showed in trailers is just that stairway scene we've already seen. I was like, well, hell. So feels like they're going to remain in power. I'm just questioning what will happen. I think Jamie will stay out of King's Landing and something will happen. I just, I'm just more, I'm, I'm not worried. I just wonder what will happen with Cersei. Whether, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any good predictions for that. And, and where Arya goes. I mean, of course she's going to kill that other chick. Obviously. Yeah, what she decides to do with herself after that is the question. Is she going to meet up with Danny, or is she going to head back by herself? That's basically the question, right? <laughs> you know, who's she going to team up with? Because that's what we're in mode now. We're in team-up mode now. Yeah. Or is she going to run off with those actors? Probably not after that she's last that. scene. <laughs> like, yeah. Probably. I, I probably screwed up my chances of that. Yeah, I think she'll head wherever. I mean, she'll probably head back to... Her first instinct would be to head back to Westeros. I think. And not necessarily go, I'm going to go to Volantis and maybe, you know, I don't, unless there's some kind of plot construction, which makes that possible, where she's on a ship, but we have to pass by here first. Well, <laughs> you know, I think I the, the point now has to be figuring out how to get everybody back together. So that yeah. is the question. What direction is she going to head in and who is she going to hook up with along the way? That would be a nice way to end this this season for her, her getting back to Winterfell. If we can get all the Starks back to Winterfell by the end of this season, that'd be amazing. Not Benjen. Yeah, I, like, see, I, I think Samuel and Gilly and Arya as a team up. That's the traveling troop I want to see. And I, I don't think, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be interesting. She meets up with them because she's a, he's already met up with Bran before, too, you know, separately. I <laughs> think, um, yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, Bran's going to stay up there, and he'll be up there till next season or something, and something will happen. I don't know. But if we can get them back, and maybe, like, you see one of the last shots of this season, her walking up through the gates of Winterfell, you're like, yes! That would be neat. She's got four episodes. She can get back in that time. Well, this season, you can. We got long strides in this season. Of course, there might be more interesting stuff for her. You could do a bevy of things with her now, because she's kind of in control. Well, it's interesting to see. Now that she... Because what we want is for she's her to say, can control I am Arya Stark. That's what yeah. we want to see. This is that admission. It's like, And with that admission comes a certain amount of obligation. Now I have to figure out how do I go back and, and find the rest of my family. Yes. That should be her goal. If she finally says, I'm not about revenge anymore, I'm, I'm about family identity then my next goal should be to go out and find who's ever left, if there is anyone left. Because she left because she was, she was given the impression, at that point, with so many, the rug being pulled out from under her so many times, she just kind of felt like, well, they must all be dead. Yeah, must be dead. 
So, but, and that's, you just talk yourself into those kind of things. Kinda, so she gave I'm up. Kinda, I'm excited. Like, I didn't realize in what my weirdness of what this episode was, but after us trying to analyze it, I think it's because I have no idea where most of these are headed. <laughs> I'm utterly in the dark. Just in. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, except for the, you know, Jonathan, they're going to gain people and they're going to fight Ramsey and kill him and get back Renfro. That's the only one I'm sure of the season. Yeah. At that's all. the arc that we're headed towards. Yeah, we don't know what else. Other ones from that's Danny the thing we to expect Arya to, happen to by the King's end. Landing. I have no idea. Which is fun, I think. <laughs> you know, that's like the first season again. Yeah. And the stakes are there again. Like, at some point in the seasons in between, even when the stakes felt high, you knew they weren't going to win. <laughs> so, after a while, you're like, whatever. But, like, the Arya arc does make sense because you feel that, that pain. that You feel that struggle where she's like, oh, it must not any of it matter. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun to see, like, the, the, t- the wind shifting now where it does feel like everybody's starting to get that sense of, well, wait a second, maybe it isn't destined for us to not be able to win. Maybe that's not written in stone. Maybe we, we can. And you're like, you can't get everything because some bad things happen that can't be undone, but that doesn't mean that everything has to be awful forever. That's not written. Yeah. That's just a funny yeah. thing. Like in the Dothraki, the, the the girl. Every time they say something that that they just believe because some old wives' tale they got told they was it is known, and it was like known. the just the funniest like sort of parroting of yes, just sir? stuff you've been told with no with no mind to challenge it, and that's that's just like that, that is the story that we're playing now. It's like well maybe it isn't known. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just like that southern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I told him. <laughs> it is known. <laughs> it is known. I think this Dude. whole thing would work as a redneck epic. Yeah. They need to known. do like they did for um. He already did like a lip, bad lip singing, lip syncing one where they did that for Walking Dead or whatever. <laughs> the lip sync, the redneck one or whatever. <laughs> so that would be funny. All right, All right, I'm excited. Cool, fun. Yes, I'm excited. Got four. So yeah, more. so we get that almost done. It feels like yeah, we're 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 over. Like we've over gone over the midway point. So they'll happen really fast now because we're just building to now to the end of the the season, and in a larger sense, we're we're, we're building to the end of the series. So that's yeah. fun. So cool. So we got well, we have other episodes of, of uh, TV on the Throne at tv8mydinner.com. We'll have a separate feed to follow shortly. And uh, you can listen to episodes of TV at My Dinner at tv8mydinner.com. You can follow TV at My Dinner on Facebook or on Twitter, Google+. We uh, we have a Star Wars podcast. That's cloudcitysocial.club is the URL for that. Or expandinguniverse.club is, is the Star Wars blog that accompanies it. You've got the Digital Dads podcast. Yeah, the Debug Log podcast. And the Debugers out there. So that's so those are Andrew's other sister podcasts. We're stupid with podcasts. We're stupid with podcasts. (laughs) We've got none of my time. (laughs) So we got that, and we will have some some TV at my dinner coming. Now with the summer in full swing, we'll have some more straight up TV at my dinner episodes. Just turned into the superhero show. <laughs> it is. I, I know. We might as well. I don't. Maybe we should just rebrand that with a new RSS feed, as this purely superhero the show. <laughs> the cape. Okay. All right. So there's all that, and and we will be back soon. Until then, my name is Sean. My name is Andrew. We will talk to you next time. Blood of my blood. We didn't even talk about blood. all of the ways. That, okay. Well, you guys can get it. Watch the episode. There's a lot of ways. Blood of my blood factors into that. There's a lot of blood going on. A lot of bloodlines and stuff and some blood drinking at the beginning of the episode. With, oh, they just some it's literal. Yeah, so there's a lot of blood in general as a, as a theme and I or like physical device. Brand's like, I have to this, I have to drink this shit now? Like, really? I like how he doesn't give a shit at all. He just he drinks just totally like his coffee. It, like, well, maybe that's, you know, they drink weird things. And we're, we're hard, man. We live in the snow. It's like black pudding or whatever, you know? Exactly. Live rough. I've been living in a tree for like three years. (laughs) Before that, I lived in the north, which is like 
Yeah, the nicest place on the north, which wasn't very different from living in a tree. Yeah. Dog crazy. Dog crazy.